Thank you for waiting for episode 84 of We're back. The Motorific Podcast. Thank you. In this episode, I'm not quite sure what we're going to chat about, but I think <laughs> I'm sure we have a long list that we've been meaning to get to. I know we have some old stories that we didn't get to last week. Buried um, deep into our skulls. I think the story that we could probably get to is us seeing each other for the first time since you moved back east. How many years ago was that? Um, it's now, oops, it's been, it has now been two years. I, I'm losing track of time, honestly. Two mm-hmm. years ago, January. Well, end yeah. of January, early February. Yeah. So two years have passed mm-hmm. almost since we have been in the same uh, room together, let alone recorded on the same time zone. So um, it was really nice to be able to catch up with Joanne. Granted, she was working and I was schmoozing. So Granted, um, not a whole lot of time yeah. to as chill. Al- as but, always. Uh, you know, and she was also special because she was on a BMW and I took my Triumph. So... <laughs> she had to hang out with the bmw kids we got all segregated um no i'm just kidding uh the the ride up i can tell you about my little adventure up until the point that we meet yeah um so i've had the triumph since march and i've maybe put like a couple hundred miles on it Mm -hmm. and realized that there are a lot of things i wanted to tweak on it suspension and tires being two of them and and Huge. fixing up my levers, yeah. So yeah. so the suspension, funny enough, like the suspension that I have, I didn't realize um, there was like a twist setting on it. So a preload. Uh, uh, yeah, but what I had before on the BMW was remote preload. Oh. And this apparently uh, can be uh, adjusted with a plumber's wrench. Oh yes. <laughs> And uh, sure enough, um, the Hagon, I think, is the name of it. They're based out of San Diego. Um, They also said that they could, if I don't like it, they could sell me their lowest spring, Mm. which which for 40 bucks uh, might be a solution. $40? That's it? Yeah, that's how much the springs are. They don't load them on there for me, but if I want to bring my shocks down there, they will. Otherwise, um, they'll just ship me 40 bucks uh, worth of springs back. Nice. Nice. And that's their lowest. Uh, I think it was 18 kilo or something like that. Anyway, um, but uh, I was fortunate enough that uh, my friend Bobby Weindorf, if you've read my article on the Moto Talbot Museum at Revzilla's Common Tread, you recognize that name. He has been in the motorcycle industry for a very long time as a professional wrench for Honda HRC Racing back in the day. And he's lived abroad in Italy doing, uh, I think it was World Superbike, mm-hmm. um, as a wrench over there. And he also began to import Vespas into California and the United States years ago. And he might have even been like the first Vespa importer. I might be off with that. But anyway, mm-hmm. he had a shop in Santa Barbara. And he was also my friend Guy Webster's mechanic for a long time until he got a job working with Robert Talbot up in Carmel Valley at Moto Talbot, which is the motorcycle museum. So he was in town, came by, and I was telling him about the bike, and he looked at it, and he was like, you know that you could just twist this, and the suspension will be adjusted. And I was like, Mm. oh, shit. (laughs) <laughs> and so he did two twists and nice. boom, suddenly suspension better. Nice. Um, 
So uh, it was at one end of the spectrum. We brought it to the other. Okay, check. One problem solved. Next, tires. Uh, Mark Cook, who uh, who is the editor-in-chief of Motorcyclist Magazine, volunteered to help me put tires on this motorcycle. So I ordered tires, had them shipped to his house, nice. and then popped by to see him and spend some time chatting. And we put a, a new set of tires on. <laughs> And and I will say I didn't this time, and I will definitely next time. Every time I change tires on a bike that is not tubeless, get a new set of tubes. Even if the tubes look like they're in pretty good condition, it's probably best you just swap some new ones. So that said, now I have new tires. I threw my fun little uh, man. What are you typing? Because it's sorry. I'm so sorry. I had to reply to my brother. My little brother, I told you that, right? He bought a bike, and he's riding. He's riding on a hawk, Mm -hmm. and he posted that he rode up to Lake Berryessa in the Berry, which is above Napa, and there's some killer roads up there, really technical riding. Mm -hmm. He's like, I think I need an upgrade. And I'm like, okay, well, because he wants more power. I said, well, all right, well, how how quick are your entry speeds? Because if you can't speed up out of them, you may not be ready yet. Uh-huh. So maybe maybe more power in the straight, but if you You're trying can't, to talk him out of a I'm just asking just, I'm just asking yeah. him like what's his status. For all I know he's really good at it, which I wouldn't be surprised at because he's he was like a natural at golf and he's a natural oh. at a lot of different sports I'd say and activities. He's really smart. I wouldn't oh. be surprised if he really got it. We'll we'll circle back to that. Sorry, just um, checking. Go ahead. No worries. <laughs> so, well, I'm I'm just trying to not uh, bang the table that I'm on because the table is like has a very hollow sound, and oh. every time I accidentally tap it, that propagates like through the table into the speakers. So that's it's kind okay. Of like a weird. I owe you so banging sound. So hit it once, um, and we'll be even. <laughs> so. So uh, tires now, <laughs> suspension check, went and saw Mickey, had a couple of things adjusted. I also nice. got a new lever because, as you remember, <clears throat> I might have talked about how I inverted my motorcycle upside down and it landed on one of the levers. So um, pretty much all good. Put my cute little um, sheepskin cover that I got from Ikea <laughs> that I used on the BMW on the Triumph because if you've been on a Triumph seat, they're not particularly comfortable. I'm sure somebody um, makes one somebody yeah but i mean 30 bucks it's totally handled it's such an easy fix true so so i took off on thursday headed straight up to carson city where uh, where a mutual friend of ours lives and i crashed with him and his wife in their new house and on the way up I was terrified when I was on the Kawasaki, the carbureted Cowie that I was on years ago, to go from the on position to reserve. Because, and I think we've probably talked about this, I also lived in reserve when I was on the Honda. But I decided when I was on the Cowie, you know, in in the fast lane, that I was going to give it a shot and do it the right way. And when the bike started to die and Mm -hmm. I was searching and not finding Mm -hmm. the area to drop it into reserve, I literally was so terrified because I had to cross five lanes Mm -hmm. with a dead bike. So I have lived in reserve and just found the end of the tank. So in other words, uh, right before the bike dies, I know I can get, oh, 156 miles off of it. Excellent. So on the Triumph, what I should have done was probably take like a spare of some kind, 
because what I calculated my reserve to be was based on, I guess, regular speeds because I had filled up that morning and had gone a certain number of miles and saw that it was a certain number of gallons and kind of did the math and figured, ah, it's probably just under 200. Well, when you're pinned on a Triumph for hours, apparently you get 150 four mm. miles maybe 156 mm. and depends on the would be exactly seven <laughs> miles south of the nearest gas station but 22 mm. miles south of where i thought the nearest gas station was in the middle of nowhere and if you've been on 395 and you're heading outside of like little lake i think it mm-hmm. is there's nothing um, fortunately it's not a cell phone dead zone because that would have been a problem or maybe not but I can definitely tell you there is no gas nearby. A couple of locals that were just cruising on the back roads stopped. Oh. And when I asked if they had gas, oh. they were like, no. But um, they're like, are you sorted? And I'm like, well, I'm on the phone with, you know, AMA. So no big deal. And so they kind of waved on and, and kept going. An hour and a half, AMA finally got back to me and said, yeah, oh. we think someone's going to be there in like an hour. Oh, God. And I was like, are you kidding me? An hour and a half to figure that out. And I talked to a friend who works for AMA and he'll, he doesn't listen to the podcast, so maybe this probably won't circle back to him. But but he was, this, this doesn't happen. What's going on? Like, mm-hmm. tell me what's going on. I promise you this doesn't happen because that's the first time I used roadside. And I can almost guarantee you that might be the last time oh, I used no. roadside Did you? I am in a very populated did area. Did you also call AAA? I did call AAA, and the first time I had to use AAA for running out of gas was when the BMW gauge said I had another 25 miles left, and mm-hmm. it turned out I did not. Yeah. And so AAA, because I don't have a motorcycle policy with them, broed me the gas because I think it was probably both the first time I'd asked and a situational issue because I was on the side of the road on a really busy freeway. Yeah. And at night. So this time when I called, they're like, yeah, we're not going to bro you this time, but you know, we'll dispatch someone and you can negotiate the rate. Right. And so the guy shows up while I'm on the phone with AMA who wants to keep me on hold for like 30 and 40 minutes at a time while I'm losing my battery. And, um, the AAA guy is 75 bucks plus the cost of gasoline. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. And finally, after, after like over an hour or so, you know, an hour and a half on the side of the road, this mm-hmm. guy drives by and right when AMA is telling me it's going to be an hour, he pulls, he passes me, doubles back, is in the median facing the opposite direction of travel. And mm-hmm. he's like, Hey, do you need help? I'm like, yeah, actually I do. Like, I guess people must be thinking I'm taking selfies or texting <laughs> on the, side of the road in the middle of the Maybe. heat. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Damn these cell phones. Beauty and, break. And he was like, <laughs> and he was like, do you do you need gas? I'm like, yes. yes. And so he comes over, and he has four types of gas. <gasps> he had, well, not even gas, but he has three types, the three octanes of gas and diesel because he what? was heading up to Mammoth to do side-by-sides riding oh. with his buddy, and he works for Orange County Fire Authority, so he, oh. he's 15 minutes away from my office. I want to say his name was Mark Mark Allen. So he rescued and, you. Uh, yeah, pretty oh. much. My knight in shining armor works for Orange County Fire Authority. Nice. And I could not tell him how awesome he was like a hundred times. And he filled up the entire tank with premium. Oh. And I was just like, you're awesome. And he's like, well, you know, before I hurt my leg, I used to ride motorcycles. And someone once bailed me out with gas, so I'm just paying it forward. I'm like, that's oh. pretty badass. And that's I nice. totally appreciate it. 
Um, and then as I'm riding away, I see that there's a Chevron like less than seven miles. So in that hour and a half, I could have walked, walked. to the Chevron. Oh, but you didn't know back. that. You had no idea. Exactly. Well, I could have looked, though. I did not oh. get on Google Maps and look for the nearest service oh. station. So that was mistake number one, because those oh. first two guys that said they would drive me to gas, I should have taken them up on it. Wait, so, you had someone offer to drive you to the gas station? But I didn't know how far away gas was. I thought it was 22 miles. Because that was the next big town. So we didn't interview them to see, like, okay. No, no. And so next time I think I'm going to – well, I mean, and I was on the phone thinking that it wouldn't take an hour and a half to have that. So so anyway, there's lots of learning to be had from there. But um, Nice. Needless to say, I now know the range of my tank. And uh, I'm I'm still working with the on thing. People are, you know, continuously berating me for wanting to live life in reserve with no warning. But honestly, if I know that the range is 150 and some change pinned, then my range is going to be slightly better. Not like I'm going to chance it at like 35 to 40. Mm-hmm. And plus, the other day when I was coming home and I was at like 120, wondering when like reserve kicks in, I was lane splitting. The last thing I want to do is be splitting lanes and then have to think, is the reserve going to come on? Because that could get really dicey. Wait, so you so. have a old, so you have a manual reserve lever? Uh huh. Fortunately, unlike the Cowie, this one is straight up and down. So if I'm hmm. at one end, I need to go 180 the other direction. So, so like, that's kind of easy. Nice. And it's easy to find. But yeah. Um, so so anyway, you can, feel free. If, if anyone has any argument one way or the other, I'm totally happy to like entertain your feedback. Because this always seems to get people riled up about so, how they like to live life in reserve. So um, meaning you just leave the reserve on all the time? Hmm? I do, and I know the total range of my tank. So well, if, I, if the... I have it in reserve all the time, yeah. then I know that 150 is when I'm going to die. So I'm going to pull over at 130 and get gas. So it just eliminates the need for you to put it into reserve because mm-hmm. it's always on. What's wrong with that? Yeah. Why are people upset? Why is... I mean, Some, it's been a while since I've had this. Sometimes people get worked up over it. Honestly, I don't Why? think I'm doing any harm to the bike. So Why? Um, What's to get worked Please write I'm willing in to entertain and entertain some educated conversation. Yeah, into the e- add a comment to this because I'd like to know what the downside of that is. I've never heard of that being terrible. I guess um, when I had yeah. when I had a bike with reserve, yeah, I'd, I'd pop it in and try to count my miles. It never occurred to me I could just leave it on. I probably would have if I thought that was an option, but yeah, I didn't know back then. But I mean, now I don't have that. I mean, I I guess I would say that. If you're riding a fuel-injected bike, isn't your bike kind of always in reserve? Like, isn't that something you... Um, I guess, theoretically, there is, like, no reserve when you're fuel-injected. But I don't have a fuel-injected bike. Right. So it's like, who cares if you leave it on, right? I mean... Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah right so in. I'm sure I'm sure Ken I'm sure Ken being uh Ken will weigh in on this issue. Oh Ken Condon, so, yes. Uh, yeah, Ken, give us your so feedback. Mr Mr. Haylock, I know you're you're dying. <laughs> oh, I lost her and now she's back. Okay, I don't know. We, the internet took a blip. Um huh. sorry, yeah, Ken so, Haylock, not Ken Condon. Yes. Got it. Yeah. So right. after uh so after that incident I pinned it to get up to Bishop where I have to make my two stops. One, mm. which is Schatz Bakery, because mm. they have a delicious cinnamon pull-apart bread. Mm-hmm. And then second stop is at the uh, beef jerky place, uh, the Mahogany oh, Smokehouse. That was so good. So with pastries and beef jerky <laughs> tacked to the triumph, um, so because, good. you know, what motorcycle do I own that doesn't have pastries tacked to it at some point in time? Um, 
I carried onward up to Carson City, got there just before it got dark, and uh, man, the winds, like... It, it wasn't as much of an issue for me on the Triumph. I mean, I can feel it on that bike, which is, you know, is still kind of bizarre for me to to think that it still get it still bounces around a little bit. But funny enough, there's there's the section I used to live up off of 395 in June Lake, so that was my childhood years. But as a kid, I never went further north than Lee Vining, which is where Church was, <laughs> and. So I didn't really know what anything looked like past Lee Vining. So as I'm going past Lee Vining on 395, it's called the Scenic Byway. Mm -hmm. And they're not kidding. It really is quite scenic. Bridgeport has to be, and I've and I've heard the name dozens of times, Bridgeport has to be one of the most beautiful like sections of 395 that mm -hmm. I've seen. Like mm -hmm. It was ridiculous. And right north of Bridgeport, as you're getting close to perhaps the Nevada border, mm -hmm. um, there is a section that's actually signed uh high winds and there's some flashing lights and some really crazy signage and i'm thinking to myself you know i've been in some situations where there's really high wind that freaks the shit out of me with no signs so i can't even imagine what it's like to, to be in an area that's signed high winds <laughs> watch your back and um, fortunately it, it wasn't that windy so okay. i'm thankful for that it, it wasn't up up is i guess to wherever it, it usually is standardly but um passed through that cross the border got to eric's uh slept like a log and he has like the most beautiful view out there is just unencumbered uh ohv wherever you want to go at uh nice. at the base of like i think heavenly or whatever the the tahoe mountain ranges are that you can ski on well what you missed because you went to his house and not to the dinner that night in carson <laughs> city was basically just a like a guest social you know it was a just nice little dinner um in the hotel and you got to mingle with all the people who did ride the entire way and then you know mingle meet with elisa and then maybe meet me meet some other um oh my motorcycle God, people you. Well, you didn't get to meet Carla there or, you know, there was just a few, uh, yeah, a I lot of people who just like, you know, came in for the night to mm -hmm. hang out with us and have dinner with us. Mary was there. Mm -hmm. so Miss Mary, Mary McGee, mm -hmm. she she grabbed me so hard and we hugged for like a couple minutes. It was really nice. She was the first person I saw when I rolled in. So when oh. I, so Friday morning, um, I got up early and then I, um, got over to Emeryville, which is next to Oakland, and I picked up that BMW, mm -hmm. and it was awesome. So I, I got on it. Um, it took me like half an hour to get situated because I had to install, put my Kriga on. I had to get my ramp, you know, put my phone mount on, and then, you know, I had my suitcase, and then in my suitcase was all my gear and all the things I would need to take with me. So I'm like mm -hmm. repacking, and I'm getting Such dressed in the garage, and then um, uh, my friend who lent me this lovely bike, uh, her roommate took my stuff for me and stored it in their apartment. So I had to kind of repack, pack, get geared up in the garage, and then off I went. So I basically slabbed it, got on uh, 80, and just 80 all the way to 50 into Carson <laughs> City. Just, you know, because I only had like five hours-ish because I wanted to get there around 4 o'clock. 
And um, I stopped for lunch somewhere in Vacaville. I looked for a taqueria, had my first burrito. It was awesome. <laughs> and then, um, it was great. And then... Uh, priority. Just burrito. Got, priority. I had to get lunch. I actually had not eaten breakfast. So by the time I left town, it was like 11. I was starving. So jumped on that bike and um, it was really easy to slab 100 miles, no problem, before stopping. Mm-hmm. And... Um, because it's just such a comfortable bike and it doesn't have a big windscreen. It's got a little, a little guy, a little windscreen mm-hmm. in the front, which I think makes a difference when you don't have any windscreen at all. But that, tell in, me about it, you know, right. <laughs> and that in combination with the power just really made slabbing so, so comfortable. And, um, it was just so comfortable. <laughs> the suspension was good on the highway. The seat was comfy. I it felt great. Like and so I got there at like three thirty four, no issues at all. And I was getting similar mileage, like forty five miles to the gallon. Um, it certainly was great in the twisty parts. It was great on the highway. I'm sorry. I rent. I borrowed a R twelve hundred R. Um, brand new, 2015. It only had 2,800 miles on it. So now that's it, what you were on. Mm-hmm. And now it has like probably 3,300 miles on it. I didn't know you were on the R1200R. Yeah, I thought I pointed out to you in the uh, parking lot. Yeah, for we some reason I thought I I think it just went over my head, and mm-hmm. I was thinking you're on someone's like 700 GS. No, this was way better than an F700 GS. It mm-hmm. handled so well in the corners the only thing is the suspension i didn't get to play with that dynamic suspension where you can really like play with the you can set the levels on the fly so you can change it to the rain mode you can change it to the sport mode you can just play with the modes and then each mode has a sub mode so Hmm. you can really like play with the suspension and pick the one you want for the kind of riding you're doing so when you're slabbing it you can set it to the road mode and then when you get to the mountain part you could change it up and change it to the sport mode because the suspension was kind of soft in the twisty part and um, if I tweaked it it probably would have been perfect but even still uh, it was awesome I I'm seriously considering that as an upgrade in the future, not right now, but later for when I'm ready to bump up to a leader um, because it was heavier. That bike is 500 pounds um, because it's it's all low, which is great. You know, those big old cylinders stick out uh, the bottom. So everything's low and it's, and it's balanced well, so it doesn't feel heavy until you have to park it um, or move it. But... Um, I mean, overall, I just had a really good time on it, and I didn't realize I would enjoy it that much. Hmm. It was just, I think it was just so comfortable to have all that power and not have to really blink, you know, when you're going 55, 60, and you don't have to really open that throttle that much. Hmm. It's just so comfy for that. But, you know, personally, I, I just don't slab enough yet to make that something that I want in my next bike, in, in a bike right now anyway. Hmm. But who knows, maybe in a season or two I might get, you know, and So that was, was that Agnes's bike? <laughs> yes. Nice. Yeah. So it, uh, it's, and it was plenty low. I mean, it wasn't lowered low, but it wasn't like, you know, 35 inch seat height high. I think that seat was probably like 31, 30 and a half. 
and which is what mine is, but the suspension really made the difference because when I sat on it, it actually smushed. So, mm-hmm. you know, it was perfect. It was probably, I, I would actually say maybe a little bit too low for me in terms of the, the suspension setting. So I, if I would have tweaked it and just played with the, the sport mode or one of the other modes, I bet that would have stiffened up a little bit and then um, propped me up more because my, my hip and my groin is really achy all the time. So if my knees are too high, if it's 90 degrees or more, then I start to get crampy. So Mm. that's why I need my knee like slightly lower than my hip for more than 10 minutes. So for me, that was the only discomfort. But if you don't have arthritic issues or like joint pain in your hip, then it's probably fine. But um, I think from BMW with uh, all their bikes, really, you can get different seats and then that mm-hmm. way you're not lowering, completely lowering the suspension because you just, you, you don't get, want to do that. yeah, you get the lower seat. Last and when I talked to Larry at BMW San Francisco, uh, BMW motorcycles in San Francisco, he said that that one I was riding, it didn't even have the low seat. So holy crap, mm. if you put a low seat on it now, it's probably like a 29 inch seat height before even sitting on it, before even compressing it and because it's a twin it's super skinny right so between my knees it's narrow it probably would I probably would have been almost flat on both ish like you know balls of my feet going to flat um, which to me is like too too low but um, definitely a nice option if you are of smaller stature and you're itching to bump up to a liter and you're ready for that, I would check out an R1200. Check out any Beamer and look at the low seat and low suspension options. And don't rule it out just because the numbers scare you. Because it's all about sitting, the suspension, the leg curve, I think is what they call it too. Mm-hmm. You know, the shape between your legs and ergonomics. So yeah, don't rule when it out. When it's tapered towards the front, it's yeah. a little bit more forgiving. If exactly. you're on a completely wide seat from tank yep. to butt. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a little bit harder to deal with. So you could be on a a shorter seat that's wider yes. versus a taller seat that's narrower and break even. Mm-hmm. Like if you can imagine uh, yep. visually what I'm trying to describe. Like so, a saddle. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. So I found it super comfy and I really loved it. I have to say I fell in love with that that on the fly suspension. But man, it is not cheap to get their electronics package added to their bikes did you know agnes before you left san francisco no and i mean listener like barely kind of like i met her in the store once she bought something and that was a while ago over a year um and i we weren't friends friends i just posted on facebook it's like hey friends (laughs) does anybody have a bmw that i can borrow for a Listener couple days. Um, so, yeah. Big shout out she to wasn't Agnes, even who, a listener. Who also, really? No, she I was just she was. one, just, I think, one of our my readers. And she, maybe she started listening later, but it, she was huh. someone that I um, knew from when she came in the store. And that's really it. And it wow. just, like, yeah. And I was. We're friends on Facebook. I figured it was a podcast. I. Or you. I mean, I, yeah, I was friend, I friend people all the time who, you know, listen or read or whatever. But um, no, totally just 
generous, kind person. And so when I dropped the bike off, I left her some goodies. And, um, awesome. Yeah, I left her some. Yeah, I almost crashed with her. Oh, yeah. She I, offered up some, some floor space. That's so nice. Yeah, see, she's yeah. just so freaking nice. And uh, Yeah, pretty awesome. It was great. I... I just couldn't believe that, and, and then she trusted me, and um, but mm-hmm. it was. And that's big, man. That's big. Like <laughs> there are, there are very few people, um, and of course there have been listeners on the podcast that have offered up their motorcycles. Yeah. Um, and and yeah, actually, and then li- uh, friends of listeners, like not even. Yeah. Um, the bike I borrowed in Austin was a friend of of the listener, nice. and. Uh, and Kit was awesome to let me have one of his sprints to ride, and I took good care of his baby. But, um, yeah, it's a big deal. Like, I won't ride someone's bike if I don't think I can afford to replace it. <laughs> and that's kind of the mentality that uh, that I also have with people I loan my motorcycles to. Sure. Do I know what kind of riding, you know, they, they do? Have I ridden with them before? Like, do I have an idea of their skill level? And yeah. What are the chance? Like, how responsible are they? And what are the chances that um, if something happens, this person is going to step up? <laughs> and there's only one person that I regularly let borrow my motorcycle that that has all of those qualities, except the financial one. And uh, and that's pretty much it. Like, she's the only person that I've let borrow my bikes a handful of times. And uh, yeah, so it's you know, for me, it's a big deal. Um, because it's also, it's, it's not just, you know, and this might deter some people from, (laughs) from letting me or someone else ride the bike because I own a home. It's not just, uh, you know, I'm too cheap to let someone roll out with my, you know, $3,000 Bonneville. It's my name is on the title. So if someone uh, just happens to get into an accident and just happens to be the cause of that accident, Mm. the person that's injured can sue me because they will go back to the owner of the motorcycle. So it's, you know, it's a liability thing that I have to balance. But anyway, um, away from the dark true. and twisty stuff, uh, and back to the sister shride. So um, Joanne and I uh, cruised right along. I broke away with Jenny Smith in the morning, um, who is the, the female addition to Rider Magazine. And uh, we were with, for a little bit... Um, Julia LaPalm, who is also a female journalist with Motorcyclist, and uh, basically blasted blasted ahead because I discovered that group riding is not exactly something that I'm totally great and awesome at, and uh, we, you know, kind of carved our own path. But um, once we got to the city... I, uh, I, my start of drama happened. So this whole trip has been a lot of learning and it's also been the longest distance and time I've spent on the Bonneville. Um, when I came into the city with all the different rider, um, we were very tight. We were being escorted by the lovely men and women of the San Francisco motorcycle club Mm -hmm. who took quite a beating from very angry San Franciscans who did not want their streets blocked and wanted to proceed. Um, that poor guy in the Ducati, I swear, like three people must have accosted him like face to face. Um, so those guys blocked traffic for us and we're cruising along. And 
we're doing a lot of like you know quick stops and breaking because you've got various skill sets and we're trying to travel a little tight which is always a little sketchy mm -hmm. so i'm using a function of you know front and rear brake and suddenly my my back tire seems like is it flat something's not quite right i'm flooring and like i'm pulling back on the throttle i'm in various gears and i'm just not really going and i don't really know what's going on so i pull over and the entire line passes me except for sandy and the uh one of the guys from the mic and mm -hmm. the tail and sandy when she knew i was covered kept going basically what happened was i had my rear brake lever adjusted or pedal so that it would sit lower than the foot peg because I didn't want to have my clunky CDs or whatever boot I'm wearing to sit on the rear brake as I have the middle of my foot on the foot peg because that's where I like to rest. Mm -hmm. And so when, when he made the adjustment, he made it too far so that it um, didn't allow the brake fluid to relay back into the reservoir and it pressurized the line. So over time, as I'm using the rear brake, I'm pressurizing the line more and more and more mm. and the line can't depressurize because the fluid can't go back to the reservoir. And I didn't know this. And thankfully, I, I wasn't using my rear brake at all until San Francisco. So I spent like probably 1,300 miles without using the rear brake. And what happened was the line was so pressurized, it completely closed the rear brake caliper. And uh, when I pulled over, it was because the literally the, the, the only the front wheel is the only thing that's like moving motorcycle. And, uh, and I was like, man, what's going on? And I look back and I see that there's smoke coming from my caliper. And I'm like, well, that's weird. And so I get off mm -hmm. and I park the bike and, uh, and you know, one of the guys from the MIC is approaching and he's kind of staring at the thing and I go to pump the rear brake and explode the line right off the caliper. Like a huge plume of smoke comes off oh. and the line just sprays uh, brake fluid everywhere. And I was like, wow, uh, wow, that was weird. And, um, we waited for one of the motorcycle club guys to come back with a truck and a ramp to load it up on the ramp because I had no idea all of the stuff I'm telling you. I, I had no idea what happened. Mm -hmm. So I don't know whether or not the bike's compromised, if there's something else going on. And knowing that we we're with could decisively say that. And so I just said, all right, well, I'll just wait for the ramp. Well, the ramp was for probably a bicycle or a dirt bike. And it was definitely not going to bear the weight of the Triumph. Although the guys were more than willing to give it a shot. I was just like, no, <laughs> I'm cool to ride without the rear brake. Let's just go mm -hmm. to the clubhouse. And there you, go. you know, when I met up with you and a couple people looked at it, including uh, your friend uh, from uh, the former work stat, um, Jennifer. Jennifer. Yeah. And everybody just said, yeah, basically you're, you know, you don't have a rear brake. That's it. Okay, sweet. All mm -hmm. right. Well, mm -hmm. my friend in, uh, my friend at Carmel Valley is apparently going to be expecting me tomorrow. Um, we were going to catch a, a late lunch anyway. So needless to say, I cruised from San Francisco in the morning after the party, slightly hungover. So I did have one arm resting on the tank while my right arm was on the throttle and went to Carmel Valley and Bobby fixed my rear brake, uh, rear brake line. And then I was off and running. It was like maybe 1230, got out to Salinas, filled up, pulled over, 
thought something's weird about the bike like it's doing this weird thing like something something's wrong so i could just feel something's off so i pull over and i'm walking around it and i go to pinch the front tire and i can pinch the front tire oh no seriously so my front tire is flat so so i've had like <laughs> the one trip incident propelled, that i sorry. brought on myself no it's not the trip propelled. <laughs> one incident that i brought on myself um, and then two incidents that uh, just so happened to have happened to me and could have been, I'm going to go ahead and say they could have been 100% catastrophic had I been traveling at high speed when it happened. Hmm. So both things happened when I was like going less than 20 miles per hour. Um, and thankfully, you know, not, not on a hill, that one, we were on a flat part in San Francisco. So you know, I'm pretty grateful. Like, as most of you are aware, um, you learn the most from mistakes. When everything is perfect, you're never going to learn anything. I mean, it's if someone were to fix my rear brake and then it was great, awesome, yay. But now I know what the problem is if you try to over um, over adjust a brake. You know, you run the risk of doing this. Um, so I think you learn more when you when you screw things up. And mm-hmm. thankfully, I was very lucky to have not screwed things up at speeds faster than 20. So if I need to, to knock out all the disaster in one weekend for this motorcycle, I am stoked that this all happened. So basically, when I got on the phone to call Bobby and say, you know, um, remember when you said, call me if you need anything, guess what? I'm like 20 minutes away and the front tire is, uh, the, the tube blue and, and I'm on the side of the road limping over to the gas station. And, um, I think I'm, I'm just going to stay tonight in, in Carmel and then tomorrow I'll hit the road. <laughs> Cause like there's something that's telling me I should just not leave and go all the way home today. Like two dramas in one day is just too much. So I called my boss and was like, you know, I'm not feeling like I should come home tonight. I think this is like the warning. So I'm going to take it. And uh, next morning, replaced the tube, got the girl up and running. And she's been pretty happy starting up whenever I ask her to. Um, I think she's stoked, but she's also... I think trying to tell me, please don't ride me for like 1,500 straight miles. And like, actually, it was probably more than 1,500 miles. Then in, in like three or four days, like, please don't do that again. I guess I'm okay with being neglected. <laughs> she, well, her fighting back. But, you know, maybe she just needs a really good once over before the next yeah. one. That's all. Yeah. And then she'll yeah. be fine. I, I also think that, you know, any wise person who would do adjustments to their motorcycles would not do adjustments and then jump on the highway the very next day. They would have Mm -hmm. a week's worth of slow mile riding and moving things around to figure out whether or not there's something else that needs to be handled. And I did not do that. So if you're about to do a lot of major tweaking on a bike, you should probably be, you know, if you're replacing tires, checking the pressure every day to see what it's holding. Yeah. Yeah, It's reasonable. I did not do that. Also another learning curve. So yeah, I'm I'm totally fine with learning stuff at slow speeds as long as it's not totally regrettable. So um I'm okay with these lessons in life. <laughs> well, I'm glad it turned out to be okay in the end anyway. Oh yeah. No. It's adversity. It makes things interesting. Now, do you what do you miss, if anything, about your beamer? 
compared to this. Well, I still have it because I wrote it today. I'm still trying to sell it. So if you know of anyone who wants an F650 <laughs> GS twin Why in the not? Los Angeles area, please connect me. I, I just, I stopped trying to sell it because I had Italy and all these other projects well, and I just, you know, Why gave not up have both? One. I don't They're need so it. They're so different. I know. And I'll end up getting something else. Would you talk to Sarah? Did Sarah get you to like try to convince me to keep it? She told me oh, she no. didn't even want to talk to me about the fact that I was selling my no. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. No. She was so mad. <laughs> no. No, 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 not at all. She was actually she was stoked that I found a beamer to ride so that yeah. I could ride in the front of the parade. So um, she was happy overall, I think. But no, no, I didn't even talk to her about that. I barely talked to her. I had like two minutes to talk to her twice. And um, hopefully I'm actually going to ride up to meet with her and see her next week. Nice. Mm I'm going to try anyway. Hopefully you can jump on, uh, well, don't tell anybody if you jump on a Scrambler because no one's (laughs) supposed to ride that yet. But um, if you jump on an R9T, you should definitely tell us how that is. I wish I could have. um, But that's what Sarah rode you know, pretty much the whole the day she was there. Well, you um, might be able to ride something fun when you're up there visiting. Maybe. Um, well, we're going to meet. It's her day off. So we're going to try uh, to meet somewhere. Well, she's like 90 miles north of here in New Jersey. So we'll probably. You guys are so close. I'm surprised after two years it took you this long. I know. But she, the, she's a busy girl. She's, you know, mm-hmm. running in BMW Empire. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, we're going to try to meet up um, next week if she still has time. Awesome. But, um, tell her I said hello. I will. Uh, but no, I had a, you know, overall, I I had a really good time. So I got to spend Friday in Carson City, Saturday in San Francisco, and see all the lot, a lot of people that I haven't seen in a while. Oh, yeah. That was like a roundup for you. I mean, it was fast. Mary McGee, Sarah. We had mm-hmm. uh, Carla. Carla King, mm-hmm. Nicole, mm-hmm. Sandy, so Nancy, Sandy's husband and yep. kid Terry mm-hmm. and yep. uh, Jack. Yep, um, just a lot of people. Just very briefly, it was like, yeah. hey, good to see you. And then Sunday, Me. you know, hung out with my brother, um, hung out with my family. So has he has he ridden a is he a new rider? So circling back to him, yes, so my younger brother, um, who is in his 30s so he's not like a little kid but um you know he's still my younger brother he bought a hawk an an old a used a gently used hawk a little 400 or 500 i think uh twin and um he's been riding that for like hmm, i think he got that earlier this year i want to say uh possibly last no he got it last fall and um he's been trying to go out on little rides with uh barrier riders form people and then nice. you know meet up Barf. with people so he went on a i think his first group ride with them um so i'm hoping that when i go back if well whenever i go back to visit i'll get a bike and we can go riding together which mm. should be interesting so yeah i've just you know talked to him every now and then about you know gear and um general riding and things like that so I just yes, and I had the pleasure worry. to briefly meet him. Yeah, he came to the party for like thirty minutes, and then he went to um a, some other thing with his buddies. You know. Yeah. Sorry, I was just so like, what? What? You have a brother? What? I know. I knew you had like a sibling with some children, but <laughs> yeah. I didn't realize you had a younger brother too. Yeah, and he um, you know, he basically runs my parents' business for them and uh, works really hard for them, so I nice. don't really get to see him very often. 
but um, he was there temporarily. And uh, yeah, a couple Hell, photos. until a couple Saturdays ago, I didn't even know he existed. <laughs> he really is working hard. Well, I know, <laughs> I know. I uh, he just doesn't. You know, we don't have time to really see each other much, and yeah. I don't stay in touch as much as I'd like to. But I'm hoping that yeah, when I go back home, we'll be able to go riding together. That'll be interesting and fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was great to see my parents have some home food, see my nieces, see my other brother, yeah. see my dad. And then back By the home way, I Monday. know this exposes me as well, but uh, Spirit Airlines, which is, you know, a great weekender airline, mm-hmm. or if you're going to carry a backpack, mm-hmm. um, they go from, they, I think they have to go from San Francisco, but they certainly go from L.A. to Philly. And they have they, deals they where... They do do San Francisco to Philly. Yeah, they yep. they have deals where you could get like sometimes seventy or eighty percent off the the flight. You just pay on... for everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> sometimes, I mean, for like a, a fast weekend, you know, a Friday Monday, yeah, like you wouldn't necessarily need to have more than like a backpack. No, so you could totally get away with it. But now, um... when I I flew out on uh, American. And um, luckily uh-huh. I had a direct flight, but the weather when I came back was horrific. It was thunderstorms <laughs> yeah, and lightning and we got deferred. I basically did not get home until four in the morning. I was supposed to uh-huh. get home at eight o'clock at night and he had to, Evan had to pick me up from Baltimore. That was fun. <gasps> so other than that, it was really oh, great. <laughs> how far is the drive? It was two hours from Philly to Baltimore. Okay. So we, it was a lot of a lot of delays and a lot of waiting around because of the weather. They shut down all the airports, basically, in the vicinity. You were traveling with Jerry. I was traveling with Jerry. He came off the plane. He was traveling in coach. Uh, Jerry Brown, awesome. governor of California. And, uh, yeah, it was everyone was just, like, really unhappy because everybody got diverted. They closed LaGuardia. They closed JFK and, every, and Philly, and everybody went to Baltimore. <laughs> that was the end of my weekend. Certainly not nearly as tumultuous or anything as breaking down the side of the road or running out of gas. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, it was great. I'm um, really happy that I got to go out there. I have to thank big, uh, big thanks to my lovely friend, Elisa Clickinger for um, sending me out because she was generous enough to have me out there. And, um, I thank her for the day I got to spend with my family because that was really nice too. But um, mm-hmm. it was awesome. It was really fun. I think she I, did. She did a, a good job. She did a great job. She worked really hard. Um, and then of course all the sponsors were amazing too. I mean BMW and Indian and Suzuki and a lot of people supported this event and it was really cool. I think a lot of people had a really great time. And um, and I think SFMC, they're amazing. Um, I've I've had the pleasure of being in the San Francisco Motorcycle Club's uh, clubhouse before because the motorcycle school there would teach classrooms, teach classes in the hmm. clubhouse. And it is the most amazing location for an MSF course. Where else to learn about motorcycles than the oldest motorcycle club in the United States? Yeah, I think possi- been in there. possibly the world. <laughs> it's too bad you didn't make that because it, it's it's amazing and they just renovated their clubhouse they closed it for a year and they redid a bunch of things and it's beautiful it's just gorgeous and i posted a few photos on my uh, blog and i did my ride report so check that out um if you want to see some photos of the ride and then some photos inside the clubhouse um but they're amazing and um it was just fantastic i had a really good time 
Mm. Now dreaming about bigger bikes, whatever. Yeah, so so <laughs> the next thing for me is to I've been like published the last couple of well, like maybe three times in the last like month. So mm-hmm. um if you guys aren't on our Facebook page, um, but you do want to check out the motorific.com I think we call it media. Mm-hmm. Um, the media tab. I uh, will encourage Joanne to update her section, but uh, I periodically update my section, which is all of the published media that I generate, as well as um, if the podcast is in the media, and that's at the very bottom. But um, I did a comparison on Cycle News that published while I was in Italy, I think. Hmm. And then um, the AMA uh, recently published supposed to be a review of the XSR 900, but they edited out the review parts Hmm. and left in the part where I'm riding in San Diego. So if you're wondering why I'm on an XSR um, and photographed on the bike only and not in any sort of casual environment, uh, that is why. And I haven't even seen that because the mailman has been doing a not perfect job of getting the mail in the slot. So people, I think, walk by and they just kind of go, ooh, what's that? (laughs) So I missed AMA's magazine, so I haven't even seen it. (laughs) But um, there's that. And also my my deadline for the Italy trip is coming up in terms of writing for that. Mm -hmm. So that will be the end of the month. And then for my birthday... Um, I will be heading back east, so not exactly ready to talk about that just yet, but um, as the time gets closer to September, um, we'll definitely chat about it on the podcast. You and your secrets. If you uh-huh. are an AMA member, you could always read your... I'm pretty sure you can read that online. You can log in and uh, Yeah, but they haven't uploaded it yet. Oh. So I think what happens is there's like a one or two month lag, like an issue lag, where they'll have oh. the digital issue for July when the August issue is on stands or in mailboxes. And so I've been periodically checking it <laughs> to try to look for Ooh. that. But nope, not yet. Two people that I know of uh, have pinged me and said, hey, I read your article in AMA. Mm. And I was just like, wow, two out of how many people <laughs> that belong to the AMA oh, have I probably, read the magazine? <laughs> oh, yeah, mine's probably on the table. I, I, I'm, I'm a terrible member. I never really look at it. Yeah, I, I just... cruise through the mag, and if anything stands out or if I know anybody, I'll read it. But, yeah, so at any rate, um, yeah, I guess uh, – it's kind of all I've got. Yeah, <clears throat> a little quiet right now. I am going to write a review, though, of the R1200 very soon. It's on my list. And then also look for my review. I wrote, I wore this beautiful uh, Aether jacket, aetherapparel.com, that's A-E-T-H-E-R, for the ride. They were a sponsor, and it's their only ladies, as far as I know, the only one that they make right now for ladies. That's a armored motorcycle jacket. It's a, oh. it's a real one. It's textile. It's waterproof. It has full body armor. It's very Speaking. casual. Mm-hmm. It's called the Horizon. Speaking of gear. Mm-hmm. Carry on. I'm sorry. So the Horizon, gonna, it was navy blue, right? It's navy blue and it comes in an olive and a black. And I'm going to, I'll put that on, it'll be up on the sister's website on the blog. So look cool. for that soon. But I'll share Are that they too. they a sponsor? They were a sponsor. So they um, oh, sent out, mm-hmm. cool. they sent out a few uh, coats for us 
a few of us anyway to wear on the ride and I wore nice. it all man I wore that thing in a hundred it was 90 degrees plus humid and hot and it and I had and I wore that thing um, just it? to see it was actually not that bad it was not that bad like I think it's actually a really good summer waterproof jacket so not Ooh. a super heavy wintery like Ruka thing for the winter, but actually a pretty decent fall, spring, summer, wet weather coat. So I'll look for my review soon. Always, uh-huh. you know, and I think like that's where a lot of brands just, they tread too lightly on the protection part and they go, well, that's the thing with this ether jacket too. It's very fashionable. It looks like a, just a casual waterproof jacket kind of thing, um, you know, that you'd wear in the winter time. But it has the D3O in it, and it's abrasion-resistant nylon, some kind of Japanese material, and it's got some other fun stuff. So I am going to, I mean, I haven't crash-tested that, so I don't know how well that would do either. I would hope that it would do a really good job. Um, I hope I don't have to test it, but um, keep us, yeah, keep us posted if you see anything else or hear any news about it. In the meantime, we will probably see you, hopefully see you in a couple weeks. Yeah? Where are you going to be in a couple weeks? Um, here, actually. Probably still riding. <laughs> oh, you know what? In a couple weeks, I will be with my lovely friend Alex from Moto Guild. Oh, um, is she coming out to the Philly version? Yes. Nice. So, Philadelphia area folks, there's a Philadelphia Moto Guild in Bridgeport. There's a Bridgeport over here. It's uh, wow. west of Philadelphia, so it's about 45 minutes for me without traffic. Probably an hour with traffic, maybe longer. So, yeah, she's coming out to, I think, do some stuff for that. So I don't know what we'll be doing, but she's going to be here the whole weekend. She'll be here for a few days, crashing on my couch. So I don't know. Maybe we might be back. We may not be back until the last weekend in August. I don't know. We'll see. Like August 28th, maybe. Maybe yeah. we can do a group. I don't know, but... Hopefully we'll be back in a couple weeks. Until then, visit us on our website, on Facebook, on Twitter. I think you know where to find us. Motorific.com, Facebook.com slash Motorific Podcast. Until then, we will see you later. 